Welcome to the Humanized IT Podcast, and today we have an exciting topic, Crystal Balls with Bob Moore, where we're going to talk about 2021, what we foresee happening. So we're going to set the table a little bit with the current state of things, and where do we think they're going. So Bob, tell us a little bit about what's going on with 2021 and the end of the year here, and how are your customers seeing things on the East Coast? Great. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me back again. So yeah, the end of the year has been, it's been really nonstop, as I'm sure most people in the IT world have dealt with. We had to transition trial by fire to get more people to work from home earlier this year. And it's opened up some thinking around our customers and our client base and how they do things and how they're able to continue business. So that trend is has certainly gone up. And we're seeing, uh, I'm on the East Coast, I'm greater Philadelphia area. And we're seeing our clients are really starting to loosen up, especially now that the election's done. Uh, they are heavily invested in planning for next year. And I haven't heard many of my clients saying, oh, it's going to be a down year or we're, going to, we're being conservative. They, there is continued growth going on. There is continued focus on how to do things better. And, you know, some, a lot of them are seeing the things we've been talking about for a while in transforming and using digital technology to do things differently uh, has paid off. They were forced to do it, and it's worked out well for them. So it's a good sign. And we were talking a little bit earlier uh, while we're waiting for the call was you seem to think that like, oh, so here in the Midwest, we we seem to be migrating towards more like we workspaces, remote offices, um, or home offices even. And you've been talking about how on the East Coast, there seems to be a focus on hybrid uh, offices. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Uh, how, what are you seeing? Definitely. We've had a lot of our clients are coming to us as saying, I don't, we have a lot of manufacturing clients, construction type things. I don't want to lose my office space. I still have a need for it, but I've got to redesign and re-engineer it so that I am keeping my people safe and I'm going to do a mixed hybrid environment. Outside of people living in major metropolitan areas like Philadelphia, and there's a lot of open space, so people have the homes and the spaces to do it, but they want to offer the ability for those that don't to come in. And more importantly, I think people just miss that human interaction. There is just a lot of need for that, right? So um, us internally, we couldn't wait to get back to the office on on the front side of the house uh, just because we miss talking to people. We miss having – there's something more to be said about just being face-to-face with people, Uh, six feet apart, of course, but face-to-face with people. (laughs) Now, Bob, uh, the, these plans, these hybrid workspaces, do you feel that they're they're kind of setting this up long term or in the back of their mind, is this a temporary solution? Uh, I think it's it's a short term, meaning maybe a year. It's really going to be contingent on uh, how we are able to attack the virus that's going on. Uh, obviously, New Jersey, uh, right actually this week, they started tightening things up again. Pennsylvania is following suit. And I'm sure New York's going to be doing the same as well. So there is the need to say, hey, we're going to ride this out. We've got investments here. We have a reason to be together. Um, But they're preparing for 2021 to possibly be a full year of I can only do hybrid. Uh, Beyond that, I think people expect to fully be back in if that was their environment. Or some of our clients are saying work from home is actually working for my customer service team. And we've introduced new tools to them to help that work from home monitoring environment. And, and being able to make sure they're productive. You know, we're, we're being a little abstract here. Let's let's kind of get into the, the weeds a little bit. What do you mean by a hybrid work environment? What, what are you changing that's having success with your customers 
to help them uh, work in this. Am I going to be in the office today or I'm going to be at home today? I'm going to be a coffee shop. Um, what are you doing to change things? It's a great question. So the, the main things we're doing are just kind of reorganizing calendaring, of course. Seems so simple, but making sure people realize very easily when people are available. And then once they get to the office, we're creating safe, clean environments. Um, instead of six, eight cubicles together in one area, it is now two workstations that may be standing desks that have a universal docking station so they can bring a laptop in. Um, we're making sure that the Wi-Fi is extended throughout the building so people can be in the office and still spread out. Uh, we have a lot of clients that are putting in professional video studios now. They're actually saying, you know what, I have that conference and training space. I need to convert that because I'm not going to have the whole team here all the time. I'm going to be doing a lot more videos and training things. And they're, they're obviously realizing that that becomes a tool for them to then use to say, hey, I've got this professional video that was done in-house that talks about my services and I'm working through things. So it's, it's been a really good shift. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been talking to people here locally about that because, you know, anybody who's ever seen my office here in Lincoln, Nebraska is like, whoa, that's a little different <laughs> because I've got this argyle green wall behind me. I've got uh, whiteboards all around me and then I've got an outer office and it's all very much a drop ceiling. I've got carpet. I've got as many blankets and couches around my room as possible to absorb sound. And then I've got my outer office where a kid can come in. My, my daughter Jasmine comes in on Mondays, Tuesdays, and every other Wednesday and studies out there. And so I've got this really flexible space. And then for those of you who've met with me in person on uh, Zoom, you can say like, oh my gosh, his, his step is really different. It looks really good and crisp and clean. How do I do that? I get that question all the time from everybody. How do I do that? And um, I think that people need to reach out to their technical professionals and realize that there are ways to do virtual offices really well that you are completely unaware of that will make you look amazing. And we talked about that, I think, in another podcast, possibly, where people will invest $2,000 in suits, ties, jackets, yeah. $10,000 mm -hmm. in New York, yeah. right, per suit. Uh, you know, in your big old cities, you guys got your silk suits and your fancy ties. Um, but you got in people will only drop like 30 bucks on a webcam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had a webinar back in April where I, that's where it was. So I talked about in a webinar about how you will spend hundreds. Look at your outfit right now. There are hundreds of dollars on your body right now. And you're using a $30 webcam or a built-in webcam on your mm -hmm. laptop. Now, if you talk to your technology professional and say, hey, how do I improve my um, my live setup, my Zoom setup, they're going to look at you and go, how much money do you want to spend? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. if you if you look at my setup, my setup's close to $10,000. Easy. But I've been building it for years. Same thing with your wardrobe. You look at your wardrobe, your wardrobe is probably $10,000-ish. But you've been building it your entire life. And so... How and what are you missing in your professional business offices and your home offices that you have no idea? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we need to keep in mind, you know, as people look at this as well, and Bob, I want to get your comments on, on that as well, but I wanted to jump in here because I think, you know, we, we talk about the video often because that's been the big shift in the pandemic, right? Zoom and, and team meetings and all this stuff and everybody's doing video but, you know, we've had 
audio conferencing forever. And uh, there's still such a dramatic difference in the audio that's clear and you've got a full sound on someone's voice and we don't have all the echoes and background noises and all this. And that person on a call, whether it's a conference call, a one-on-one, a video call, whatever it is, that person is able to communicate more effectively just because their audio sounds good. And, and you know, the dog's barking in the background, doors are slamming, traffic's rolling. You can't concentrate on what that person says. So what they're saying, you know, gets diminished. So I, I think we have a great opportunity to help people out on that. How, how far are they going in on that, Bob? How far are they going into the resources to make themselves sound and look good? Oh, you're absolutely right. So we're shifting away from the office to the home office. And workspace optimization at home is a next level thing because there's so many other factors you're dealing with. I'll never forget, um, we started a whole workspace optimization uh, program because one of my engineers came in and he said, I can't believe that I am fighting this guy whose keyboard doesn't work. He spends all this money on all these things, and he's using the standard plug-in keyboard. This is Gareth, one of our, our, our lead engineers. He says he uses a damn keyboard that came with the, the computer that's plugged in, he, and he has to use that for five years, and he wonders why his wrist hurts and all these things. So hmm. now the extension is the, the Zoom guy, the guy coming on the meeting going, oh, can you hear me? Uh, uh, no, and it's no. tinny, and it's disruptive, and it throws you off. Uh, everybody's called us about that. Uh, you know, our, they notice it. The, the CEOs and the salespeople are saying, I was just on a call and I couldn't get anybody's attention because I was dealing with this. This has to stop. So, yeah, hey, it's not really a huge investment. If you're doing video calls, lighting's such a huge thing in videos, and I'm in the office now, so I don't have the greatest lighting right now, but um, for 50 bucks, you can get USB-powered two L- uh, USB LED stands that will give you that good direct lighting. It's not mm-hmm. a huge investment. You can go the extra level. We have a studio in our office. My home office is not nearly as, as big as Adam's is, but I have the same uh, environment where I've got uh, actual professional music equipment. I've got the Shure SMB7. I've got shotgun mics. I've got all that stuff uh, in place. And it makes all the difference in the world. I think even headsets is another big one. Um, people just knowing that you have to turn off your laptop mic when you get onto a Zoom call is still a challenge. Yes. Uh, yep. We try to help people through that. And it, it's not that big a deal to get an, you know, a $200 headset that's going to make a huge difference in your audio. And it's going to make it's easier too, because uh, you know if you've got earbuds in all day, they start to bug you after a while, mm-hmm. and the cord's stuck, and the dog comes running through the door, and you turn around. Next thing you know, you're plugged, you're unplugged, and you're in the <laughs> middle of a conversation. Uh, there's so many easier ways to do that. And they're small investments, but it's that professionalism. You're exactly right, Skip. Getting, getting, making sure that you're not a distraction that people are actually listening to what you're saying now more than ever. You can't, you can't just look at somebody in the eye and. And kind of call them out and say, hey, you're paying attention. Yeah, the the advantage, though, is for people that are listening to this podcast is reaching out to a technology professional accelerates your success. Yeah. And I really want to focus on that because you'll eventually upgrade your setup. You'll eventually find things on Amazon or you hear a fellow business professional talking about how they love their microphone or love their webcam. You talk to a Bob or you talk to a tech, you know, at a, at a, at a firm, and they're going to be able to point you directly to the things that you need now. How much is that worth for you to have worth to you to have that competitive edge 
where somebody comes in and sees you on a Zoom call, they see their competitor on a Zoom call, and they realize that, man, the first person had it together. The first person felt comfortable. It's like when you walk into a room and you got one person who just feels like they have everything together. They may be an absolute mess of a personality, Mm -hmm. but they look like they have things together. So they've already got that first impression well. And you can do the same thing in technology. And that is that is the advantage of workplace optimization. There's a lot of things around that. It's not just microphones and cameras, but there's also ways of speaking and ways of maintaining eye contact and little tricks that you can learn from your technology professionals who've been doing live streaming for years. That girl that you're talking to who's in the tech industry, she might be a live streamer in her spare time on Twitch working with video games or running a, vi- a video blog or something. She probably has some interest there and can teach you more than you'd ever want to know about how to impress customers through live streaming setups and how to optimize that for your business environment. You don't want, we're past the point of working from our couches and cobbling things together. We are at the point where we need to be planning how to establish ourselves as professional businesses in a distributed workforce. And so that that brings me up the second part of this topic was, what do we think 2021 is going to look like, Bob? Look into the crystal ball and tell me, (laughs) from your perspective, what are people going to be doing in 2021? Um, Yeah, the continued shift to the collaborative work environment, uh, whether it's Teams or Slack, and just being able to be more productive is a huge part of that for sure. Um, Outside of that, it it has to do with trying to figure out the timing of, of, when they're going to go back in the office or making that decision of I'm going to have people work from home and I'm going to set them up for success for that. I'm going to have, uh, you know, you've got to build up a little more cultural things, making sure that people are just connected. Uh, and we're doing a lot of that with our client base as well. So how do I reward people that I've never worked in the same room with, or I'm not working in the same room with anymore? Make sure you focus on that. And that's what, that's what 2021 looks like. It's that, I'm in a mixed environment. I'm not in a standard office cubicle anymore. And how do I keep preparing for that? And we're we're going through well, budget right ask, now and helping our clients with that. I'm going to pull the audience here with Skip and Bob. Yeah. Honestly, do you see things going back Ooh. in 2021? Ooh. Skip, I see people wanting to go back, but no, no, I, I don't. I don't think we're going to go. It's definitely changed forever. I, I do not see us going back down the way things were. Bob? I, I would agree to some extent. Yeah, I think uh, a good portion of the people are going to go back to similar, and it's really, it's vertical dependent on that. Um, but I also don't see that happening until mid to late 2021 anyway, if I'm looking at my crystal ball. Um, but a lot of companies, and I think we've talked about this in our community for a while now, have really seen the light, so to speak, of I can have productive work from home. I don't have to pay for this much lease. I'm going to spend that money elsewhere. And it, it it's, it's huge. It's a big advantage. So a follow-up question would be, is this akin to the Industrial Revolution when it comes to workplace development? Oh. Oh, he was sandbagging that one. That's a good one. Yeah, that is. That is. You know, I, I think there there's a there, there are some similarities there to the uh, the expectation of the common worker, you know, about what, what you know what what they could do, what was available to them, 
And I think the shift has dramatically altered expectations for the common worker today. You know, that uh, I've got to go do this. I'm stuck in this cycle. You know, these are the only options available to me. Even if they don't actually make a change, having that option, that opportunity to step back and go, well, maybe I will shift. Maybe I'll pivot not not in some vastly new direction, maybe just a little bit, and I'll work from home this way, or I'll do something different this way. I think that's going to have a very rippling effect throughout our workforce. And, you know, employers will have to deal with that and respond to that. So from a, a you know, uh, an emotive uh perhaps a standpoint. I think, yeah, there are some, there are some different connections with that, Adam. That's an interesting analogy to draw, but I think there are some similarities that connect those points. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's interesting to think of it from that perspective. I would, if I look back at the last 10 years or so, I think we've been working up to a slow trot on this digital transformation and leveraging data more, you know, real time going from an industrial revolution to a technology technological revolution, if that's the right term for it. Um, I think 2021 was, you got to do it, hell or high water. So as we look back, we're going to see those trends in uh, how many people are leveraging technology, how many things are getting to market faster, uh, you know, the supply chain and the impact that that has in domestically and and internationally. All of that is going to be attributed to we were forced to do it, but we were working there. It wasn't like an overnight, oh, we should start doing these things. And But there will be a significant, I think there will be a significant change in how the macro and microeconomics look on that if we look back a year from now. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I, I, you know, I I came up with the the thought when I was, you know, just listening to you guys discuss. And, you know, I think back to the Industrial Revolution, like there was a massive change in the workforce. There's lots of apprehension, there's a lot of anger around the Industrial Revolution. If you remember your social studies from high school and junior high. Um, but you know, where are the cobblers today? Where are the craftsmen? You know, they got, they got, they're like, oh, what's going to happen to these trades and what's going to happen to the workforce? What's going to happen now? Everything's going to be taken over by machines. And then we fast forward into the dot com that all three of us went through (laughs) and how that shifted things. I remember seeing suddenly we saw cars being sold via web pages on my computer. That was crazy. And you know, it never went back. It's always that way. Then Web 2.0 came out, which was a small adjustment to the online revolution. And nothing really happened for a while, except for mobile platforms coming out. But then all of a sudden, now we're being pushed to think differently again about industry, supply chain, as you said, Bob. And how are we adjusting to that? How are we adapting? And I think we've seen a lot of aha moments. And I don't think people can go back. I think the genie's out of the bottle, Pandora's box has been open, whatever you want to say. Yeah, and I think that economists for decades to come will look back on 2019 as, you know, COVID was a catalyst to somewhere where we were already going. It just made things happen a lot faster. And so we look into that and I think that, man, if, if, if COVID went away today, how many people would actually want to return to the workforce where they had to work nine to five. 
that old uh, agricultural schedule or that old industrial schedule of you work from nine to five, you go home, you eat dinner, you visit with your family, you watch TV, you go to bed, you come and do the same thing again. How many people want to go back to that? And there's been many surveys on that over the past few months. But I feel like we have changed expectations sociologically and now we're adjusting. Teachers are having a hard time with it because they have, they've been heavily impacted. But I think once the new budget comes out in 2021, that there's going to be a lot of dollars pushed into that hybrid school setup and hybrid work setups. And the companies that embrace the revolution are going to accelerate and they're going to end up being these, these dominant forces in the marketplace. These schools who really, really adapt well to the hybrid setup, parents are going to seek out these schools that do hybrid setups really well. And I think we're going to see a lot of um, forward-thinking companies become um, staples in our economy. There's going to be a scale there. You know, we, we've talked about just your individual presence online, you know, upgrading your cameras and your audio, you know, so that makes you as the individual look good. But as company leaders, we have to look back and say, okay, what is my organization doing to step up, to take it up to the next notch? Are we, are we really implementing virtual workspaces? Are we really in, implementing remote, you know, um, uh, processes that all of our employees can follow? You know, are, are we really stepping up to the game just like we are individually? And those companies that can actually say, yeah, you know, we've come in, we've redone our infrastructure, we've changed the way we, we, uh, we do our processes, you know, our, our workflows have been modified to support a distributed workforce. Those are the companies that are going to, just like the individual, they're going to command attention. They're going to, you know, get more of the market share. They're going to have a greater impact on what they're doing. I'd add one more piece to that, and that's the, the employees and staffing in the labor pool, so to speak. So we have, you know, millennials are now almost getting to 40 at this point, but they're a big chunk of the workforce. And they've had these little supercomputers in their pockets since they were teenagers. So you companies that are moving forward and are, and are embracing technology are going to attract these, these intelligent hardworking people and they'll stick it out. They'll, they're interested if the company is adopting to that environment because they get it. it. They've just grown up around that. So it's going to be better and it's a, it's a well-needed change to be able to retain that workforce and grow that workforce and learn from them too. Um, and just, you know, behind them, it's just more and more technology-driven things are driving everything that they do. So. So instead of a fail story this week, what I think I, we should do instead is I want to hear from Skip and Bob here. What is one thing that people should be changing in their workforce or planning to change in their workforce for 2021? If you could pick one thing from the thousand things you know, each of you have a different thing. So Skip is down in Texas. He's got a different economy than Bob does up on East Coast. So Skip, what is one thing you would you would recommend businesses adapt in 2021 embrace the change and this may be we talked about this just briefly before we started recording uh and i you know i had hesitated to say it but i'll say it now i think there's a there's a texas slant on this and yes i'm from texas and, and we do think too much of ourselves but anyway long live the republic right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you still have your own electrical grid so you guys can secede at any time 
<laughs> that's it. That's it. So, uh, but my concern is that this might be kind of an underlying uh, trend, and it's that um, things are going to go back. You know, we're going to get over this hump, and and we're going to return. And I think yes, we're going to get over this, but being over it doesn't mean we're traveling back. And we've you've got to prepare for a perhaps very different future for your organizations, your employees, your business marketplace. It's all going to be very different. This is going to have a lasting impact on our economy, our culture. And so embrace that change. Don't don't try to minimize it. Don't try to, you know, just do the bare minimum. Go so what you know another skipism I gotta put one in there all the time right anything worth doing is worth overdoing right yeah. <laughs> so embrace that change jump in there and and make your organization a leader in this changing environment. Bob, what's one thing that you have for twenty twenty one? What change should customers or clients or businesses be embracing or moving with in twenty twenty one? Yeah, I mean, Skip, you really nailed it there. It, it's similar to, to my thoughts on it. It has to do with saying, hey, you know, I was forced into this situation, but I got a win out of this. Like, this actually improved my business. It helped It helped us do things better. It helped me protect my people. They're safe. And it gave them a better work-life balance, which a lot of us talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it it it's just made it much better. It, it makes it easier for somebody who has to take care of a doctor's appointment or kids, that nine to five discussion you had. So learn from that and continue to push through that. This worked really well for operations or this worked really well for my CSR team. Where else can I make these technology changes? Where else can I look to improve my business through this transformation? And that's where, you know, it's kind of a sales pitch for me because that's where I can help. But at the end of the day, you, Go forward with it. Don't go back. Don't look back at all. Uh, just keep growing on it. I agree with you 100%, Skip. Cool. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and augment what you guys are saying. Is uh, For those of you listening, embrace the mobile workforce. Whatever that means for your organization, make it so that your employees have the resources they need to do their job wherever they are. That way... You cannot lose productivity no matter what happens, no matter what blizzard, no matter what natural disaster could hit your area, your your employees can work efficiently. And that may mean giving them better technology for home, maybe investing in laptops for everyone. And I know this isn't a fix for everything, but you as a business owner need to decide what does your employees need or what do your employees need to be effective from multiple places, not just a workstation. Yeah. And given that, how can you help them? How can you embrace this and move forward? And that is on you as a business owner. No technology professional can predict how to run your company, but you can work with them to help come up with a strategy that will put you ahead of your competition. And if you can think forward like that, if you can think about adaptive, like I am embracing the change, then no matter what, you're going to succeed. Even if things go back to normal, your organization is going to be robust enough Mm -hmm. to manage any change going forward. So that when a new pandemic hits or a blizzard hits or a hurricane or whatever it is, you are minimally affected. Use this time to move forward. 
with that, I think I'm going to end. Uh, I thank Bob for coming on. I think Skip, this has yeah, been a thanks, wonderful conversation with some great advice. And I look forward to talking to you guys again. And I believe next week we're going to have a great discussion on in depth how to develop an at home workplace. Thank you, guys. Thank you.